Yo, yo, what's good? It's Kid Cuddy, and you're listening to Behind the Baller Podcast with my dude, my ace, Ben motherfucking baller. Yeah. Behind the baller, my life is more than money and jewelry. My story's so crazy, dog. I said make a movie behind the baller. I went from playing sports to exotic whips. Ain't gotta tell me, dog. I know I'm the shit behind the baller. My life is more than money and jewelry. My story's so crazy, dog. I said make a movie behind the baller. I went from music exec to this podcast. Now I finally feel at home and left behind the baller. Yo, yo, what's good, people? You are now tuned in to the world famous Behind the Baller podcast. This is now a top 10 podcast, people. We have a very special big-time Dogecoin-infused episode, and we have the actual founder of Dogecoin himself, Mr. Billy Marcus, on the podcast today. A very, very humble guy. A few words of free game, of course. My Lakers are in trouble. My Dodgers are in trouble. I finally got a video with over a million views on TikTok. I got my own hot sauce, guys. But more importantly, Dogecoin has broken the stratosphere. And we are now en route to the moon. All of this on a brand new episode of BTB recorded in 8K high Doge Phoenician sound. BTB Army, are you ready? All right, y'all, let's fucking go. Ladies and gentlemen, for those of you listening for the very first time, I am your host, Ben Baller, not Ben Humble. Also known as the Forrest Gump of Hip Hop, the Korean John Cusack, the Korean Liam Neeson. And a lot of you know me as the Washed Lord. This is what you would call professional podcasting, y'all. This show is produced by none other than the 11-time award-winning dynamic duo, the Dust Brothers. Guys, before we get into the show today, my prayers and thoughts are out to all the people in Colombia who are suffering from all the madness that's going on over there. My prayers and blessings out to all the people in India currently suffering from the mega amounts of new COVID infections. I really do hope all this shit ends sooner than later. It is so fucking disrespectful for the people out there who are trying to put this down like it ain't nothing. Like we are 14, 15 months in the pandemic. Yes, it's getting better in some places, but it's still fucked up in a lot of other places, okay? Just be grateful, okay? And with that said, life is very good and very generous. And I am very grateful, okay? You know why I'm very grateful? Because it is a glorious day in the City of Angels. The weather is nice. Doge and Ethereum are sitting in a very nice place. And I'm, of course, hodling with my diamond hands. (laughs) But seriously, y'all. Doge is going fucking crazy. Doge owns the fucking internet, all right? For the last few weeks, for the last few months, we, the Dogecoin army, have trended 
almost every single day, right? And to top it off, this weekend, Elon Musk is hosting Saturday Night Live, and for sure, 100%, he will mention Doge on there. Whether there's going to be a fucking Doge Father skit, something, it's going to be fucking crazy, all right? So Doge might skyrocket literally, all right? And um, a couple nights ago, we had a uh, Twitter Spaces, like little um, town hall meeting, right? Just like basically clubhouse, but better. Because, you know, you could be on a fucking Android and go on there. And, and and there's a lot of things about spaces we'll talk about later. But the Doge community, you know, we, we had an open conversation, discussion. People want to know more about it. And we broke the record for Twitter spaces of, of listeners. You know what I'm saying? And while we were in the chat room, the Doge father himself, Mr. Elon Musk, joined the chat. All right. It was definitely an epic moment. People screenshot. It was crazy. People going crazy. I truly do believe that he saw that I was in because I was talking when he went in the room. And I do believe he left the room because of me, okay? So for those of you who do know the history between me and Elon, look, you know what it is, okay? But to be truthful, I'm not gonna get into all that here, okay? I have no ill will or hatred towards Elon. Like, why would I, okay? I still have a Tesla Roadster on order, meaning he still has, you know, or Tesla has a lot of my money, you know, and they've had it for years, Okay? I've just ordered a brand new Model S Plaid Edition car, okay? So there's no funk, there's no smoke between us, nothing. It's all love, okay? Anyways, um, after doing some research on the big whales, right, guys who are holding a shit ton of Dogecoin, right, I did see from this one video, um, fuck, now I feel bad for fucking forgetting his name, but he's like the biggest Dogecoin uh, YouTuber. I just started following him on Twitter. But he pointed this video out, you know, because I was wondering, I was like, yo, who, I want to know who the fuck owns $20 billion in, Robin, you know, in uh, Dogecoin, right? And so, you know, he pointed me to this video, checked it out, boom, saw the stuff. So Robinhood owns $20 billion of Dogecoin, right? And that's an exchange, you know? So to be exact, you know, it, that, that's um, $20 billion fucking dollars in Doge. I don't know exactly what the fucking number of Doge it is, but what you guys don't understand, and I see people talking shit, like, you know, fucking stupid. They like, they screenshot and post, Sky Benball is an idiot. Do you realize that 65% is owned by this? It's like, no, your numbers are so fucking wrong. It's off. Where are you getting these? Why, why are you spreading like false information? And if you see the way that this is going, you would know that that was not right. Okay. And what I'm trying to explain is it's actually fucking an excellent thing that Robin Hood owns that much doge, okay? Robinhood is not a single person. It's not an individual or one of the few billionaires who are holding a shit ton, all right? So that means because they're in exchange, they can't just sell all the coins at one time and tank doge, all right? Even if everyone starts panic selling here and there, Robinhood is so fucked up, it ain't gonna happen, okay? So the doge market cap hit $85 billion the other night, all right? We also hit 70 cents for the first time ever, okay? Past 50 cent, past that bitch ass 6.9, right? And um, yes, the market cap is still less than a tenth of Bitcoin's market cap, right? But shit is moving. And at this point, you know, I said like, look, fuck a dollar. Like we're aiming too low. Like I'm being serious. I'm not delusional. I'm, you, you know I'm not. I don't, you think I fucking play with my money? I'm not playing with my money. Like, I, that's not a smart thing to do. Anything is possible right now, okay? Just to watch these crazy exchanges, 
where you know I'm watching a whale sell two billion coins in a fucking day, and he's selling billions of coins every fucking day, and it's not even tanking the coin. It's not moving the needle down. That's what's making me look like, wait a second, hold on. Doge is just becoming stronger because as these guys sell a shitload of coins, yeah, you know, great. There's no fucking uh, uh, cap on it, right? Shut the fuck up. If you see this guy selling 2 billion fucking coins the other day and this shit still jumped up to 70 cents, it just shows that Doge is a lot stronger than people think or what than people want to believe, all right? Fuck the infinite supply, all right? Question is that everyone asks, when will the madness end? When is it going to stop? When is it? Like, I don't fucking know, all right? All I know is everyone's aiming for a dollar. Stop aiming for a dollar. Let's aim for five. Let's aim for 10. Fuck it. If we get to $4, guess what? Then we will hit Ethereum's fucking uh, market cap, all right? But I do not know. When am I selling? I don't know. I don't really have a number in mind right now. If anything, I might get rid of some, you know, get rid of a cool amount and transfer it to another crypto, but I'm not cashing out, you know? Um, what I do know is that I just bought, you know, not a whole lot, but I bought $5,000 worth of Ethereum Classic. And, um, you know, my Ethereum OG, right? OG Ethereum has gone up and it peaked at $3,500, which is fucking nuts. It's the highest it's ever been. And, you know, crypto is just going crazy. And you already know, because, you know, we're going to talk about this in this interview, but, you know, the, the market, the economy is just fucked up. Our dollar's fucked up, okay? Now, listen, very important for you people to remember, I am not a financial advisor, okay? So you guys should just do what you think is best for you, all right? I'm just telling you guys what's going on with me. Don't worry about me. Like I said, I'm just telling you guys, I'm just documenting and tweeting about it and talking about it on the podcast what has worked for me and what hasn't. All right. Safe Moon took a shit, right? And guess what? I'm still gonna fucking hold. I'm gonna do sell it. Like fuck it. I'm gonna hold on. Maybe it turns around, maybe it doesn't. But if I were to lose for holding on too tight, you know what? Fuck it, man. That's part of the risk. And I want you guys to understand that. And I know I can take an L and some of you guys can't. But the thing is, it's fun right now. We're having fun. All right, if you're stressing out over this and it's driving you crazy, that's part of the game. If you ain't built for this, get your bitch ass out. Get your paper hands and get the fuck out of fucking Dogecoin Army. All right, like for real, for real, okay? But so far, this shit has been smooth sailing for the last 14 months for me. Yeah, there have been some dips here and there, but you know what? Like I said, a dip is a discount, all right? I got my alerts on. I'm watching heavy as a motherfucker, okay? But again, Big exchanges holding billions of Dogecoin is a great thing, right? It's the individual people, those whales that hold a shit ton of Dogecoin. They're the ones that scare me, right? But fuck it. We're in there, guys. Hold on. You know what I mean? Or not, okay? So I get a lot of compliments from people, you know, DMs here and there, mostly on Instagram, right? There's emails and shit. But one compliment I just don't like, I'm going to tell you why, like, is when people say, yo, man, I want to just be like Ben Baller. Like, I want to be like you, dog. Like, I, I idolize you, man, and I want to be like you. And it's like, yo, you idolize like me? For real? Like, come on, man. That shit kind of bothers me, you know? Like, that shit, that, okay, that's a compliment, but that shit's like low-key weak. 
Real talk, okay? You got to aim way higher than me, okay? Aim for Bezos. Aim for Warren Buffett. Aim for fucking Zuckerberg, whatever, okay? If you don't get there and then you end up being at my level, all right, that's not that bad, okay? But aim way higher than me, okay? Sidebar. I posted a video about me talking about Doge and the big exchange and a whale selling is a shit ton of Dogecoin. And I posted on my TikTok, right? And that shit finally caught fire, you know? And it's at like over 1.5 million views, you know? And um, look, guys, I know I talked a lot of shit. I talked mad shit on TikTok and I hated on it big time. But I'm gonna come clean, yo. This shit is kind of, it's low key lit. I, you know what? Fuck it. It's high key lit. There's actually some really fucking funny shit on there, I'm sad to say. You know what I mean? My kids love. But look, I fuck with TikTok. Fuck you guys, all right? Look, I, I can admit it. All right? I'm still getting used to it. I've barely been on TikTok for two months. But um, look, guys, fuck it. Enough about that. Yo, Miles, hit me with that ad from DB Picks, and let's just get right into this motherfucking interview with Billy Marcus. All right, y'all? We'll be right back. Yo, yo, man, right about now, I got to give a shout out to at DBPicksWin. If you didn't know, the Dust Brothers have been on a roll with their NBA picks. Like I've been telling you, it is some shit that no other sports handicap better has even done. Okay, we've got something big rolling out football season. So get in on the ground floor now. DM and follow at DBPicksWin on Instagram to join our community of winners, right? You can buy individual picks or sign up for the one-time initiation fee that gets you every pick every night, even the playoffs, right? The Dust Brothers podcast by day, and then they pick winners by night. I'm not fucking around. These guys go 6-0 and on a regular basis in a day it's nuts they went six and oh they went seven and oh the next night they don't fuck around they're really crushing it follow at db picks win yo 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 what up doge army this is the moment that you've all been waiting for we have the co-founder of dogecoin here in the flesh on behind the baller podcast so without further ado btb army Dogecoin Army, I present you Billy Marcus. Billy, what's good, bro? Hey, how's it going, man? <laughs> been, been a wild, I don't know, three months. Yeah, I mean, it, it has been really crazy. And I know you're super soft-spoken. Um, <laughs> uh, you're currently in the Bay right now, right? Yeah, yeah, in Bay Area. And then uh, most of your come up, or you know, most when, when you uh, were getting started and everything, was in the PNW, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm from Portland originally. Okay. I know I read a little bit about you, but you work for IBM, correct? Yeah, yeah. I made Dogecoin while I was working for IBM. But was that in Portland or was that in the Bay? Uh, it was it was in the like suburbs. You know when like people say they're from LA, but they're actually from like some suburb of LA or whatever. Yeah. Uh, or somewhere nearby. It's like in a is Beaverton area, uh, which is right by Portland. So I just say Portland so I can sound cool and have cred. Well, no, I mean, bro, I, I used to work for Nike, you know, so I'd be at campus all the oh. time. 
So I'd be a bit of a okay, well, Nike campus is awesome. Yeah, and IBM was actually like literally next to Nike campus. It's like quite literally next to it. Uh, so we'd eat at Nike campus sometimes. That's crazy, bro. Real quick, man. We're going to get into the interview, but what year was that? Uh, she's like 20. It was like right out of college, 2009 through something. I don't remember exactly when. You don't remember the fucking day? You don't remember the exact fucking day you found it? <laughs> Are you kidding me? It was December 22 is when I started. Yeah. December 22nd. Amazing. So to get started with this interview, man, we're just going to like, I know, have you ever done a podcast before? Yeah, I did uh, a couple podcasts. Um, but yeah, this is probably the biggest one. Okay, that's what's or, up. Not probably the biggest. This is indeed the biggest one. <laughs> All right. Well, do me a favor, man. Tell the people that are listening, what is a typical day like in your life? So right now I'm like, I, I make jokes on my Twitter that I'm addicted and like, ha ha ha, but I'm pretty literally addicted to Twitter. So I think I'm spending a lot of time just like looking at tweets and then like trying to put my phone down and, and do work. Um, and then, you know, I have a, a regular day job, uh, work as a software engineer, uh, a mobile software engineer. So I'll work, go to meetings and, you know, between that, I'll have some shower thought and I'll tweet it and try not to like get sucked into all the dopamine hits. Um, that's probably what a pretty normal Twitter day looks like for me. Or not Twitter day, I call it a Twitter day. A normal, normal day looks like for me. I have gone on the record and stated that Twitter is the GOAT fucking social media app. You know what I mean? And, and um, by the way, guys, I am getting my boy Billy Marcus. I'm getting his account verified. So you can have a blue check soon, bro. I'm like super happy about that because... <laughs> um, it's just there's a bunch of scammers on like YouTube and Instagram and stuff like that, and it's really annoying. And when I go and say like, "Hey, this is the official account," like it doesn't really look super official if I don't have a check mark. So, well, I got you, bro. I, I'm not gonna tell you who the plug is, but you know what I mean. I'm gonna, you know what the deal is already. You've seen it. Um, <laughs> so I got a question, man. What was your first computer that you ever owned, and could you build a computer from scratch? Yeah, actually, the computer that Dogecoin was made on was. Uh, built, um, got all the stuff from Fry's and put it together. Uh, oh man, rest but, in peace, Fry's. Yeah, is it dead? Yeah. I remember last time I went there, it was sad. It was, I just felt bad. I was like, no one's here, no one's ever going to be here anymore. It felt like an end of an era. So sad. Um, yeah, I think my first computer was a 386. Like my dad set up this 386 in the living room, and uh, I would go and like mess with the auto exec bat file and play games on it and go on AOL on it and troll on the internet and stuff like that. Um, <laughs> and then my first like personal computer was, I remember I got a Pentium 133 and I was like super excited. I got it from Dell um, and it took like two weeks to come and like my entire life was just waiting for the computer to come. Um, and then I think I just played like Duke Nukem 3D on it. Oh, so fuck those are good times. I haven't heard that term Duke Nukem in fucking forever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's pretty irrelevant now. But at the time, it was pretty sick. You could make custom masks with it. I really liked it. Um, so when did you first learn about cryptocurrency? And like, what was it that intrigued you about it? Uh, basically, um, have you heard of like SETI at home or like, uh, what's the other one? SETI at home and folding at home. No. Just like stuff that you can do. Just like you can have your computer be idle and do something or another. Um, I'm not hip. Okay. Well, yeah, there's a concept basically that your computer can like do something useful while it was idle. And, uh, I had like a beefy, uh, 
computer at the time, and um, my buddy wanted me to pay him back for something. And I think like you know Venmo didn't exist at that time. This is like 2013 timeframe, right? Uh, so he mentioned Bitcoin. I'm like, what is that? And then when I looked into it, uh, it had that kind of appeal from study at home or whatever, where you could use your idle computer to do some mining, and uh, instead of you know doing something super good for the world like uh, look for extraterrestrial life or or solve cancer proteins or whatever you could get some money so i'm like oh that sounds fun so i set up my computer to try to mine um bitcoin and it took like i think it was like three or it was like either three or four days and i got like 0.01 bitcoin uh (laughs) from this mining pool and at that like at that now it's now it's 0.01 bitcoin would be a big deal but at that time it was like a dollar and it like made my room like super hot and it was it was ridiculous. So I was like, oh, this is not worth it. And then I found all these like different altcoins uh that you could actually mine with the graphic card at the time, like Litecoin, and then all these like variants of Litecoin, uh like dozens and dozens of variants of Litecoin. And I was like, what is going on here? And people would like have these crazy reasons for why their coin was better than the other coin, and it was just like crazy world. So that's when I got interested in it. I was like, oh, this is like an unregulated, like crazy market. And it seemed really fascinating to me. I remember that era, like when Litecoin was really just crazy. Like I remember, especially in Seattle, because my cousin was out there, you know, and I was, I'm a Seahawks season ticket holder. Plus I have a business out in Seattle at that time. So like, I remember my cousin was deep in a Litecoin and I was like, what the fuck are you talking about, bro? And I was already, <laughs> we were already accepting Bitcoin on my store for my jewelry. So it was kind of like crazy. And I already had Bitcoin oh, that's at that cool. time. Yeah, I, like early I, I, I've been had Bitcoin back then, you know, so I was already making, we made a chain around that time, our first one, and I was like, what? And I was kind of like, okay, and a buddy of mine was a big hacker and all there. But, you know, there's a lot of people in the world, there's a lot of people who are listening right now that still do not know what cryptocurrency is, right? So, in, and I feel like you're really good at articulating things in a soft, simple way. Like, how would you explain cryptocurrency to someone as if they were like a kindergartner? Like, how do you, you would explain that to my son? Uh, okay, um... Well, Bitcoin itself, I would call like digital gold, I guess. It's like a, a way to store and transfer uh, money to someone else. Or right. like maybe if, if they're familiar with Venmo already, it's like it's Venmo, but decentralized, which right. already doesn't sound like something I could explain to someone really young. But, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, decentralized, trustless way of uh, sending money to someone else, I guess. Trustless something is like good. That. Peer-to-peer, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, peer-to-peer. Uh, I don't know. There's a lot of other buzzwords, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, then look at what was the moment that you decided to create your first cryptocurrency? Well, I think I was just looking at all these different coins and new ones came out like every couple hours, it seemed like. Um, so the, there's a different game now. Now it's like this DeFi, like copy and paste on the Ethereum blockchain stuff. But at that time, uh, the game was essentially like uh, you could clone a script coin. So there's all these different script coins. It, the script coin is a Litecoin's uh, mining algorithm. So uh, there's actually like a guide online for how to do that. It was basically like, oh, just take this Litecoin source code and change like nine things and recompile it, and then you can make your own coin. So it was just kind of a, a weekend project. I'm like, well, I could probably do this. I'll, I'll just try it. And uh, my idea was um, I wanted to recreate the currency for Animal Crossing. Uh, so I made bells. That was my first cryptocurrency. And uh, I wanted it to be fun. So the algorithm, instead of just like 
giving you like if you mine a block in bitcoin you get or in, in the beginning you get like 50 bitcoin if you were successful at uh, solving a block right and i wanted it to be silly so it was like well, if you mine a block you get between one and like uh, five thousand bells or something like that and uh just had it like this random algorithm that was based on a coin called lucky coin so yeah, it's, it was just kind of like a weekend project of like, I think I could probably do this. Uh, it seems like a lot of people can do this. And I just wanted to do something like, maybe not funny at the time, but it was just more like, this is more like a game. This is not really meant to be worth anything. Um, and then when I released it, uh, basically, you just I just followed what everyone else was doing at the time, whereas you go on Bitcoin Talk and you'd release the coin and say, you know, here's what the parameters are. Here's the picture of it. Here's where to download it. Um, but when I released Bells, everyone just flamed me and they're like, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> right. I don't know where the original thread is, but it's just like, wow, it looks like a, like, why would this be worth anything? It's like, it's, I don't know. It's fun. It's like a, like, I wanted to like learn more backend code and like do more development and just kind of use it as a platform to learn more uh, about cryptocurrency. But because people just hated on it so quickly, I'm like, all right, never mind. <laughs> Like, I guess is, there's no carryover between, you know, appreciators of video games. And, and I guess no one really knew what Animal Crossing was at that time compared to now. So, right. Well, what year was this? This was uh, like mid-2013, I think. Or it wasn't like Dogecoin came out in December. So I think it wasn't too far before that. I would say like September or November or something like that. Okay. So take us back to that time, right? Like, take us back to when you created Dogecoin, right? Like, so what is Dogecoin to you? Um, it's the thing I made. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's, the, it's the weird mark on the world that I made that uh, keeps evolving <laughs> and gaining like, momentum. Bro, whose dog ways. is that? Oh, that's, um, her name is Kabuso. Uh, she's a dog. Um, someone took a picture. Uh, so it, the Doge meme was really popular in 2013. It was like a, a huge meme where it would just be like people would post pictures of that specific dog or sometimes any Shiba Inu. Right. And then have a bunch of like um, Comic Sans text with different colors kind of around it that would say things like, you know, such, such much, many, blah, blah, blah. Basically like simple dog speak of what a dog might be thinking, but like kind of pure also because like it's a dog, it's, it's a nice dog. Right. Um, but not like super advanced or anything. Um, and so that meme was just like really popular at the time. Um, and then uh, for how Dogecoin got made. So like, again, I, I had no intention of releasing another cryptocurrency. I was like, I'm, I'm done with this, but um, I think I had some Bitcoin and like, Bitcoin had just crashed uh, from $1,100, I think, uh, to, I don't know, $600. Something. It, it then one of those flash crashes. And I went to some IRC channel like um, for Bitcoin talk to ask you know, the question that everyone asks when it goes down. Like, why did it go down? Because like no one asks why it goes up. They just ask why it went down. Right. And then you know, people were just like, oh, something China banned something or something like that. That was the thing. And then somebody uh, linked dogecoin.com and i opened the link and uh basically it was just some random person made uh dogecoin.com um and had like a picture of the shiba inu and at the bottom was just like if you want to make this a real thing like hit me up uh on twitter and i was like oh i should do this like i don't know how to make cryptocurrency 
So wait a um, second. So someone I, came out with Dogecoin.com before you actually created the fucking coin? No. So yeah. So Jackson's story is he tweeted like investing in Dogecoin. I'm pretty sure it's going to be the next big thing. Um, as like he saw like uh, I think he said the way he said he like he was drunk one day or something like that, and he like had two tabs open on his window. And one was Doge memes and one was Bitcoin. He's like, Dogecoin. Um, so he like made a tweet about it and that caught some traction. And then from that tweet, he decided to buy a Dogecoin.com domain and put up Dogecoin.com. And then I just kind of like, you know, happenstance ran into it. Um, and, you know, he didn't know how to make cryptocurrency. I'm like, oh, I can make that for you. So essentially he's a stranger and I just like reached out to him on Twitter. Um, so like the first tweet i made to him was just like you know like hey i I can make cryptocurrency like hit me up i made bell's coin and then uh, i didn't know he was in australia at the time but he didn't respond in like five minutes so i'm just like whatever let's make it so uh, i i took i took the bell's uh coin that i already had and like forked it and it took like i thought it took like three hours but then i looked at my timestamps and actually took two hours um you know so like maybe two or three of that a uh, two-hour period was messing with the parameters a little bit and making it more ridiculous than uh, Bell's was. And then uh, the other rest of that two hours, I was trying to reskin the the cute client, which is the UI. Um, basically, I wouldn't have done anything if I couldn't get it to be Comic Sans font. So when I got everything in Comic Sans font, I was really happy. I'm like, okay, this is good. I can release this. So. That's how it all happened. <laughs> I mean, you know, you're, you're, you said you're a sports fan, right? Yeah. Do you remember when Dan Gilbert wrote that letter to fucking LeBron? He was so pissed at him and he wrote it in fucking Comic Sans. <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah, it was so passive aggressive. It was so crazy because I've met Dan Gilbert. He flew me like to, you know, he owns a big sneaker. Um, I mean, he's a billionaire. He owns a ton of shit, but he owns a sneaker app called StockX. It's one of the biggest sneaker apps in the world. And, um, you know, he flew me out there and everything. It's just fucking, every time I think of him, I can't think of anything else but Comic Sans. I don't think of that he owns half of Detroit. <laughs> I don't think of he owns, you know, the fucking Cavaliers. I just think of Comic Sans. Like, just fucking hilarious. Wait, was that the letter that came out? When was he wrote the Comic letter, Sans? yeah, when he wrote the letter to LeBron about how pissed he was about leaving the team, leaving the city of Cleveland, leaving his fans, blah, blah. The whole entire professional letter was written in Comic Sans. And it was trending on Twitter, like Comic Sans is trending. Like, it was... Fucking crazy. And I actually never loved that, that font. And um, I don't know if you remember, I mean, obviously you remember AOL Messenger, right? Yeah. You know, AIM, right? And AIM was really big, like, circa, like, you know, late 90s, early 2000s. And um, my boy, rest in peace, DJ AM, he loved Comic Sans. That was his only font to use on AIM. So it's just oh, something no. I kind of knew. <laughs> um, so hold on, what's your relationship with Jackson? You guys never really met in person? Uh, we did meet in person finally when he, he came to San Francisco and we met uh, during a Bitcoin conference. Or not, sorry, not a Bitcoin conference, a Dogecoin conference. So that was in 2014. And I basically just decided to go on a whim. Like I didn't, I didn't tell anyone I was going to go and I just kind of like went incognito. And uh, Jackson was speaking there. Um, but otherwise we just communicated like on like Skype or something or in, uh, in email. And, uh, yeah, we didn't, didn't meet each other until that, uh, conference. Wait a second. You guys had a Dogecoin conference and people didn't know that you were the guy who founded Dogecoin? No, 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 no one knew who I was. I just went there like incognito. It was wow. really to amuse myself. What did you have going on in your life at the time? Like you're working for IBM, right? You said? Yeah. I was still working for IBM at the time. And yeah, yeah. The 
I don't know, like Dogecoin at that time was really overwhelming um, because it, it, like I was kind of the sole developer on it. So when stuff happened, like, uh, well, first of all, like when I made the coin, it was literally from a guide of how to make a coin. So it's not like I super knew what I was doing. It was just like, oh, yeah, I'll just change some things here. Like, okay, that seems good, whatever. Um, so like when the coin actually took off and it took off like immediately, um, and then things would happen and be like, okay, I don't really know how to fix this. So I just kind of like, you know, it, it was different. There's no like infrastructure to support like testing or anything like that. It was just me kind of trying to figure stuff out by myself. Oh, shit. Yeah. And it was really like, uh, because it gained value so quickly, it was really um, intimidating. Like at the time, I think, I don't know, it was worth maybe, you know, $20 million, but I still felt the gravity of like, because, you know, Jackson and I, we didn't pre-mine, we didn't have much of it, but it was like, oh my gosh, this is like so much of other people's money like riding on this. And it was just like, okay, I don't want to like break it. Uh, I don't want to release some crap. Like, and we got a lot of pressure and a lot of, you know, people who had vested interests that were much higher than ours, like kind of, uh, right. you know, barking at us essentially. So it was, it was just a really crazy time. It was really stressful. And, you know, eventually we kind of built up like uh, people and, and, you know, supporters and stuff like that. And uh, on the other side, like the, you know, Dogecoin was a clone coin. Um, it didn't really like have anything innovative about it. And people would talk about stuff like that at the time uh, as if it was a big deal. Like we, we didn't have any innovation in the tech because, you know, Dogecoin had no pretense of being uh, something that was innovative. It was just, you know, kind of a parody coin. Right. But um, we wanted to innovate somewhere. So we kind of uh, wanted to like mold the community a little bit um, and make it more friendly, I guess. Um, and like, just like more lighthearted, you know, we, at the time we we're just like, you know, don't, don't worry about the price. One doge equals one doge. Uh, it's just like, you know, be respectful, be kind to each other. Um, and then kind of like organically a, a tipping culture kind of got made. So uh, people use this like tip bot on Reddit all the time. Um, and that was the, the main hub of the community was in, on the Reddit Dogecoin forums. Um, and there was a tip bot um, was created by somebody in the community. And basically like people just threw, threw around their Doge, uh, Dogecoin because people would get it from mining at the time because you could mine with, you know, a regular computer and you could get like a couple thousand a day by mining. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, right. That's like, it sounds like a lot now. It's like, Oh my goodness. But yeah, they can get like a couple thousand a day uh, from mining in a mining pool and people just toss it around to people just because it was fun to do it. Um, kind of as like a, instead of just karma, you just like, Oh, that was a good point. Here's 50 doge or whatever. Um, so that was kind of just an organic culture that kind of uh, came around it. And that was really, really cool. Did people at IBM, like, you know, people who have a desk nest or whatever, did, did they know that you were creating this coin or like they know what the fuck was going on? Uh, I mean, like, you know, the, my immediate people knew, but like not like not like big time people. Like I don't, you know, no, IBM's like this huge, I understand huge place. And I think, yeah. But the CEO of IBM has to fucking know now that like you know what I mean. Like he has to know. Like holy shit, this guy worked for me. You know whether yeah maybe. <laughs> I don't, get I don't the know. fuck out of here. Come on, are you serious, Billy? He, this guy hasn't reached out to you. The hold on, let me fucking. You got to be kidding me right now. Yeah, I, I don't know. A lot of people. If people reach out to me, like if. For the most part, most emails I get are like, could you give me some money? <laughs> That's like the most common email I get. Oh, God, I get that every day, and, too. It fucking sucks. 
<laughs> okay, so where did the acronym come from? Do only good every day. Was that you? You created that, or someone else created that acronym? No, I think that was like when I came back. So, like I, I think at twenty, like late twenty fourteen, um, it was after like all this crazy stuff happened. Like uh, one of the things happened. Uh, if you Google a story called like the guy who ruined Dogecoin, um, essentially a a scammer came in and kind of split the community. And his, his, he went by Alex Green, um, but it turned out his actual name was Ryan Kennedy. And he started this like fake company and like gave out a lot of coins to people. And so they, they trusted him and had like this like really weird uh, Ponzi scam going and stuff like that. So um, basically they kind of split the community because people were like siding with him and other people were saying like, it's probably you know, too good to be true. Like maybe, maybe you shouldn't trust this guy and this company. Um, and he ended up like taking over this exchange called mint pal and then like taking all of its money. And then I think he's in jail now. (laughs) So Jesus Christ, thank God. Ridiculous time. And like, I was just kind of also overwhelmed from like, you know, developing on this thing and like having all this responsibility for other people's money when I didn't have much to gain. And it, it was just like, like what what can we really do so we ended up handing off the project and i kind of like didn't pay a great deal of attention to it for a while um except on like random things where you know it'd be in the news or elon musk would uh i think at some point elon musk became the like fake ceo of dogecoin um and that was pretty entertaining um and then like some tiktok thing happened where people were talking about it but it it was kind of like pretty quiet for a long time right um, and then when i came back um, I actually came back like kind of randomly because mostly because like my email started to just get flooded with all these people who were like, Billy cap the coin cap it. Like, I don't know where they came from, but it was just like my Twitter and uh, email just got totally blown up by like people telling me what to do. And I was like, that's really annoying for like a lot of reasons. Like number one, I don't have any Dogecoin. Number two, I'm not on the project anymore. And right. like, don't super have any interest in like being on the project. And number three, like I don't have like, it's just stop telling me what to do. I don't have anything to gain from it. <laughs> right. Right. Did you, um, did you ever create a physical Dogecoin? No, I didn't create a physical Dogecoin, but a company called Shiba Mint or Shiba Mint, uh, created one and sent one to me. So, uh, I found that recently while I was moving and I was like, Oh, that's awesome. Oh, dope. Dope. Uh, it's like a, so do, do you yeah, know the first person that ever bought a Dogecoin? Like, uh, like bought it from an exchange or bought the physical one? The first ever, just yeah, from an exchange. Do you know? What, I mean, is that even any? Is that a thing? No, there were there. Well, so there were people trading it really early. Like I remember the first like, it was like a week. The first week uh, that it happened, like all this organic stuff started happening where people were trading it. There was like stuff on Reddit. Um, I even like ventured to 4chan because uh, that's where there was a hub of people like doing things with it. Um, so they're basically trading it for Steam games and stuff like that. So like right away, people were were trading it for stuff. It was kind of like like already a thing, like almost instantly after it was created. And past that, like I, I can't. There was a first exchange that was really ghetto, and like almost all the exchanges that uh, were in the early days were really ghetto. So or and, and like now defunct. But I do remember that first exchange. You know. So what was the worth out the gate? Like what was the first Dogecoin going for at that as soon as it went live? Oh man, I, I well, people would generally exchange it for Bitcoin. So I think like you could, 
uh, it's hard to say like what it was actually worth, but I think like uh, the, there's a value called like Satoshi, yeah, which is um, like the smallest denomination of Bitcoin. So I think an individual Doge uh, got up to like very early days about a hundred Satoshi. Um, so that would mean I think it meant like a million Doge would be worth one Bitcoin uh, or something like that or something oh, close shit. to that. But that was like early, and that was like. Um, I don't know, like in in dollar value, like uh, Bitcoin at the time was maybe two hundred or something like that. So you could get a million for two hundred bucks. Oh shit! Okay, so let me explain to me how does cryptocurrency get verified and then traded? Like, how does it officially get? Like, how does that process happen? Um, you mean like on an exchange? Or, yeah, like how did you uh, launch it? Like, you know, what I'm saying like or anyone, like if they wanted to start a coin, like how would they get it? Like verify, get it on exchange, get it on fucking Binance, or getting on, you know, whatever. I mean, how does that happen? In the today's terms, the game is so different. Um, so I can talk about that a little bit, but I can talk about for Dogecoin itself. Everything was really organic. I didn't talk to anybody to like get it on any exchange. It just happened because people had it and people wanted it to be on exchanges. And sometimes exchanges would just kind of crop up with it, um, but mostly because it was pretty well distributed and like people really wanted it and were yelling at these exchanges that listed a whole bunch of different currencies. Like like one was Cripsy and one was Bitter and one was Bureaucrix. They just kind of added it. They're like, we now support Dogecoin. Um, but yeah, the game now is way different. Like there's a, a if you make a, a new cryptocurrency, you don't make like a full out cryptocurrency. You make a token on like the BNB network or on or on either on the Binance smart chain or you make one on the Ethereum chain. Right. And you use a smart contract to do that and pay some Ethereum and and then you can like list stuff on like these DeFi uh, exchanges with some like float and stuff that I don't quite understand. But <laughs> basically there's no there's no real barrier to entry now to get stuff exchangeable and worth something like crazy. immediately. Yeah, so it's just, it's like right now the new token scene is essentially like an unregulated gambling circus. It's a fucking shit show, bro. Like, there's just every fucking coin. There's, I mean, someone literally made a Ben Baller coin or some bullshit. It's probably worth fucking you know <laughs> one trillionth of a penny. I don't know, but um, yeah, there's a site that let you look up um how similar coins are to each other and like how many exist on the different chains. And I looked up there's like like SafeMoon like I. Not disrespecting SafeMoon at all. This is more about the clones, but like SafeMoon itself, like the the at I think this was a week ago when I looked at it. It was similar to seventeen hundred other clones of SafeMoon. So like Jesus within Christ. I don't know however long SafeMoon's been out, there's been seventeen hundred clones of it <laughs> that are just floating that was around. Like one the- of the biggest regrets that I have, you know, I never say anything bad about SafeMoon. I've never said anything bad about whatever. I own ten billion coins. And it was just like a stupid thing, whatever, boom. And it's like, it's, look, I've, but at the same time, like it was a, and I don't care to get too deep into it, but it was just, and a lot of it was given to me. And then I realized this is just, this is just trash. No, I, I feel like SafeMoon, uh, what I get in, in the clones of it is it feels like an idle game. Um, like those phone idle games where like the numbers keep going up. So like uh, if you have one of those, either SafeMoon or, or it's clone, you can like look at it and you like, as people sell it or move it around, you like, see the numbers go up and it's like oh that's exciting so i kind of get that where you know come back to it and like oh numbers are up but yeah you know people complain about dogecoin being you know infinite even though it's like that's kind of a loaded term where it's actually it is loaded it has a yeah it has like a reasonable or what i think is a reasonable like issuance where it's a fixed issuance and uh, a certain amount of inflation per year that keeps going down but um like 
cryptocurrency itself uh, or and all these tokens, they're like actually infinite. And there's like a limited amount of money to go around. So like if you have new coin, new tokens, literally every like five minutes or two minutes that like are doing the same thing and like trying to advertise themselves the same way and like going through the like, you know, generic kind of pump and dump, like yeah. talk, you know, put stuff on TikTok and try to get a bunch of influencers on. and fucking it's all hype and marketing and all that shit. It's yeah, just, yeah. If you do all that, if that keeps happening like over and over again, there's just like a finite amount of money. Uh, like it, they're kind of cannibalize each other a little bit. No, so, it really is. That, really is. that seems like really difficult to to make any headway in, and people are just going to jump ship really quick. So uh, I don't know. Yeah, they'll just let it die. It's, right it's a fu- it is a disaster. So, how long were you in the Dogecoin game before you decided to sell all your coins? Um, so I sold my coins in 2015. I was I was working at a startup, and then uh, they laid almost everybody off. And you know, I live in the Bay, or I lived in the Bay Area, or I still live in the Bay Area, but at the Bay Area at the time, and like. I was quoted of saying like, um, you know, I sold my coins to buy a Honda Civic, but that's not true. I sold my coins. I sold all my crypto. I had a bunch of Litecoin and and some Bitcoin and uh, some Dogecoin. I sold all of it uh, basically just to pay rent uh, for like three months until I got a new job. Damn. So dude. yeah, that was that was about it. It was just like, okay, well, I have this, and this will make me feel better to like uh, have this. Uh, ability to you know not watch my savings dwindle so fast um but you know regrets now <laughs> no, it's good, man. you seem like a, like a great guy i mean you you the tweets that you put out like hey stop reminding me how much money i'd have today da, 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 da. and it's great i mean look i think you're you know you have a lot of humor behind it and that's cool and I, I thought there was a different motivation i read about the honda civic thing too and that's cool that it was to survive you know what i'm saying to and the bay is expensive i get it trust me i owned a condo in the bay and um um, I'm sure you don't know my story about the whole thing, but whatever. I'm not going to bore you with it. But it involves the bay, you know. And and if I sold when I sold my place, I sold my place, and the dude who bought my place paid me in Bitcoin. Oh, cool. Yeah. So I lost three hundred thousand dollars market value on my my place, and I didn't give a shit. I was like, fuck it. You know, it is what it is. It's you know the pandemic's about to start. What am I going to do? What if I get stuck? And I already knew. I had been talking about it. Didn't tell my producers, didn't tell anybody. I mean, bro, I ended up making an eight-figure, you know, profit off of that. This is insane. Because oh, it, it tanked right there, yeah. Um, how has Dogecoin changed your life for the better or the worse? Um, I think, like, the the biggest times that Dogecoin influenced me were, like, like obviously back in the day when, when it started and when that was kind of, like, overtaking my life and now. Um, but also, like... Uh, the reason that I'm in the Bay was I in that big or the Dogecoin conference that I mentioned earlier. Uh, I basically like met up with a friend. Uh, he was like, "Hey, let's go interview at this startup." So like because of Dogecoin, also like I went to the Bay to like I went to San Francisco to go harass Jackson and meet him for the <laughs> first time, and then then I ended up like uh, you know getting a job offer to to work here. So that that changed my life to like, you know, come work here. And then now, um, when everything happened, I don't know, I I went from 7,000 Twitter followers to like 125,000 and trying to figure out how to navigate this, but it's definitely affecting my life currently because I'm an addict of Twitter. Um, no, it's amazing. You know I mean? I I started following you at 11,000. Oh yeah. That's like way early. 
Yeah, I started following you at 11,000. You followed me back at like 12,500. By the way, it's crazy you follow me back. You know what I mean? You know, you didn't follow very many people, so I was pretty cool, you know? So. Oh, yeah, because uh, you know what happens is like uh, I would get notifications for anybody with a check mark. So I'd be like, oh, something happened. So I just like follow them back. <laughs> I didn't know who anyone Okay, was. cool. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but you saw I was pro and I was, I, was, I mean, I've been, I've been in Doge since the literally the beginning of this year, January 2nd or so or whatever. And, oh, that's because um, cool. so you started really, or really recently. I mean, yeah, 0.003 is when I bought in. Um, so still a fraction of a penny, which was dope. You know what I mean? I bought in a couple times. Why do you think Doge has become the people's coin? Um, I think like to me, it's like a reflection of the time. Um, it's kind of like the whole story to me, I feel related to GameStop and that whole thing that happened. For sure. So I like, I kind of feel like the genesis of what happened was um, during the time that the GameStop fervor was going on. Um, like a lot of people like saw this crazy thing happening and heard the story of like, kind of like us versus them. We're going to get those hedge fund money, you know, power to the people type thing. And, you know, everyone's, everyone's all mad and like inflation's going crazy. And, uh, you know, we've been indoors for a long time. So everyone was like, you know, half insane anyway. And, uh, like this GameStop story just kind of came out of nowhere and people kind of memed about the stock and, you know, I like the stock and all that stuff, which is, like pretty amusing um, and wild. But then uh, when they got their money on Robinhood, um, I think that was a time when Robinhood like wouldn't allow you to buy more than one. So like a lot of people had like finally gotten verified, moved all their money to Robinhood and stuff like that. And then uh, weren't able to buy GameStop. So I think that's when there was like a pivot <laughs> in strategy and like some Reddit form or something. I'm not sure if this is a real story. This is just like my, my kind of like head cannon for it. That's um, fine. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's cool. they started, you know, buying up Dogecoin and then that kind of original, original rally from Dogecoin happened. Um, and that like, you know, Elon Musk has always also been kind of, well, like before that there was like a TikTok kind of like meme going around where it was like, like all these, uh, younger people like oh let's get all let's all get rich we'll go buy this dogecoin thing on robin hood and then you know make tiktok videos and whatever so that kind of caused a little spike um but i think elon musk was like kind of just friendly with dogecoin in general and uh he started tweeting about it and then then it just kind of became its own culture uh so i does think he follow that, you i didn't even, i didn't even check that does elon follow you elon does not follow me no yeah, I'm, I'm so not sure up, if Elon like knows who I am or anything about me. Uh, he does follow the Dogecoin devs and the the main Dogecoin account, but he doesn't follow me. That's weird, man. I I, I need to fucking I need to like Elon, man. If you're listening, bro, you need to follow <laughs> Billy. You know what I'm saying? Well, what's funny to me, like, especially at first, like my goal at first was to kind of like educate and give nuance about like what certain things were. And like, I would just get people be like, yeah, you and Elon should blah, blah, blah. I'm like, Elon doesn't know who I am. Like, we, we're not working <laughs> together, dude. Like, I can't just like email him be like, and they, they would assume he was working on it in some way. And I was working on it in some way, even though like directly on my Twitter profile, it's like, I'm not on the project. Like, that didn't matter. People would just like assume all these things. It's like, I don't know where you're getting this idea of how the world works, but Elon is not working on the coin. I'm not working on the coin. Uh, it's fucking hilarious. Is, you know, by the way. Crazy. Fun fact, I have Elon's email. Obviously, would never fucking email him ever. It's not whatever. But, and one day, I won't tell on here. I think I did say it on the podcast before, but I'll tell you one day about the whole situation. 
off the podcast. This is your show. I don't want to talk about it anymore. Um, <laughs> not am I. I think Elon's a big part of the Dove story, though. So no, he is hundred percent. I just like I'm not gonna like I want to focus on you right now, of course. But what, what we're gonna get into him in a second. Um, did you ever think ever like could you ever in your wildest dreams imagine that Doge could reach an eighty five billion dollar market cap? Yeah. So for the people like. I have to like preface this because when people say stuff like publicly that is like, wow, this is crazy. Like this is like, I can't comprehend this. Like you actually get hate for doing that because it's like, like, why? Well, you didn't believe in your coin. You sold paper hands. Oh, like, fuck dude, all like, that, man. Come on. Dude, like, come on. Like I, I, I was going through 2015, like Bitcoin was dying in 2015. People were like, this is crap. Yeah. Like, it was just like a completely different scene. Like people freak out when, like stuff goes down for two days, right? They like all freak out and they're like, what's going on? What's yeah. going on? Like that was like three years <laughs> of, yeah. of depression of the crypto scene in like, tw- like late 2014 through 2016 or something like that. So it's like, like this is a very different thing. So the idea that Dogecoin was even a penny was insane to me. It was like, wow. Like that's, that was like, people say a dollar now. Penny was like the back then's like moonshot. Dude, it was, it was like, a big deal. I remember yeah. like it was a conversation amongst people. Like it was, you know, of course there's no water cooler shit. You know, those people are fucking not really back at work. But I remember I was signing baseball cards with, you know, and, and I already had money in Doge. Mm-hmm. And I was like, shit, we hit a penny. Holy shit. We hit a penny? And it was a big fucking deal. You know what yeah. I mean? It, it's moved fast since then. Yeah, it's gone crazy. So like very fast. Like I remember no, like, the nuts. other day I just like, I literally just like, took a break from Twitter so I could do some chores essentially that I've been neglecting. And I came back and it was like up 20 cents. I'm like, what's going on? <laughs> no, it's crazy. What do you think the ceiling is? Honestly? Oh, I, I can't answer that uh, at all. Like I have no, to me, like the coin is worth exactly what people are going to buy it for at any particular time. And it's just like moved by the market. So like, the ceiling is kind of whatever uh, for what I can output, I guess. Like, I mean, what, what would you say to those right now who are holding Dogecoin right now? Um, very in general, um, I think people should do what they think is best for them based on you know what their financial situation is, what their risk tolerance is. So if people want to hold Dogecoin, if they, they believe that other people are going to... like, Essentially, when you buy crypto... You're making a bet that other people are making a bet that other people are making a bet on the same thing. <laughs> so, like yeah. that's that's essentially what you're doing. You're just saying, like, I think that people in the future are going to make the same bet as me on this particular cryptocurrency. And if you're holding, uh, like, buy and hold is like the easiest strategy because if you have play money, if you have like, uh. Or play money plus, like you want to make a bet on, you know, the stimulus check or whatever. Like you don't super need it, and like, okay, well, instead of buying groceries with this, I can eat ramen for a month and, you know, get some crypto. I don't, I don't know. I, I can't think of a good example. Like whatever people decide is like reasonable for them, um, and you have some extra money and you make a bet that's very risky. If you hold, if you like say like whatever I, i'm not going to worry about the ups and the downs i'm just going to hold it for like some set amount of time that's like going to take away the uh, the mental stress from it um sure. but like i held bitcoin back in the day and like i totally understand the mental stress of that like i'm not a good uh crypto holder 
Like, <laughs> like I would just like look at my phone every couple of seconds and like I set like alerts. And because crypto is like um, is the market doesn't close like a stock. Like no, it doesn't. It, yeah. Yeah, like I would set alerts on my phone. Like, well, if Bitcoin goes below two hundred, like you know, alert me. And then I would wake up in the middle of the night because my phone would buzz and I'd freak out. I'm like, oh my gosh, should I sell? You know, like I, it's it's Damn. just like really stressful unless you have like a strategy beforehand. And if your strategy is just like whatever, I'm just gonna hold. Like that's that takes the mental load off, right? Like you're just like, okay, well, I bought a thousand dollars worth or fifty dollars worth or whatever was comfortable for me. And I'm just going to, you know, two years from now or a year from now or whatever, I'll, I'll just, you know, reconvene at that point. But until then, it's just kind of fun to be a part of this. Uh, I feel like that's like a strategy that's like less um, scary for people. So that, that's no, I hear what you, I would dude. say. Like, it's a legit strategy. I mean, at one point, you know, I said it last night in the chat, you know, I had 2000 Bitcoin. And, you know, it was Bitcoins under 100 bucks then, you know, so it wasn't that big of a deal especially with jewelry, you know, you're thinking about that. Um, are there any cryptocurrencies that you have, you're invested in right now? Are there, is there any, any cryptocurrencies on your radar that you like? Oh, I like Ethereum. Uh, and I like Ethereum because I have it. <laughs> like, I, I, <laughs> I think love that's Ethereum, like, by the way. To me, that's like the main like, reason people like stuff is that they have some. <laughs> right. Like, uh, so if you have... Uh, if you're invested, if you are mentally invested in whatever the coin is, it just kind of like warps your brain. And then all of a sudden you're like, actually, I think this coin has good fundamentals, you know, like, I think that's kind of the main thing. So I got Ethereum, like, uh, basically, uh, people were selling tweets, right? On that vCent platform or whatever. I'm like, this is silly. So like, I, I posted something where I was like, Hey, I'll sell my like tweet where I like made Dogecoin and then people bid on it. I'm like, Oh, okay. And then after that, I got some Ethereum. I'm like, all right, I guess I like Ethereum now. <laughs> like, I didn't know anything about it or much about it. I didn't know anything about NFTs really? or like smart contracts at the time. Um, but oh, shit. Okay. I thought you would know all about that. I mean, Ethereum is no, no, kind of basically. I was dumb on the crypto scene. I, I knew nothing from my like hiatus until, you know, more recently when I've uh, uh, studied a little more. Right. I mean, it's the most stable, you know, it's the most stable coin as far as like, you know, it's, it's like, it kind of keeps all the other cryptocurrency in check. You know, it's like the most used, um, I mean, you pretty much, it's the first option. And in some places, the only option to buy NFTs is through ETH, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's the coin that people build off of and like, you know, I think they're calling it like Web 3.0 where you can make things off it. And at first, I think like everybody, uh, when they first heard about NFTs, they initially had this like negative reaction to it. I had a negative reaction to it. I'm like, what? Like, what is this? This is just like a, you know, random thing. And people are selling their art, like they're selling pointers to their art online. Like, how is this going to be used by anything? But I've come to like appreciate them where it's like, it's kind of just like virtual ownership. That's like actually ownership in a way, uh, like making collectibles purchasable that like fully belong to you. And if you trust the Ethereum blockchain will be around, um, then you can, you know, uh, to me, it's nice that it's giving blockchain utility um, because blockchain can be pretty, you know, energy wasteful and stuff like that. So, adding utility to something uh, that was before very wasteful to me is like a net good. Where it's like, well, this thing is wasteful, but now it has like more built on top of it. Um, so, like as I've understood more, I, I started to appreciate it more. Um, but again, I, I didn't care about Ethereum until I got it. And I'm like, oh, okay. All of a sudden, I'm interested. <laughs> learning more about it. <laughs> so, do you know when you got it, do you know what, what Ethereum was at that point? Like, what was the value? 
uh, I don't know. I think it was like like twelve hundred or thirteen or maybe eighteen hundred. It, oh, it was something super recent. Yeah, super it was very recent. recent. I, I didn't get it a long time ago. Oh, okay. Yeah, like I remember seeing the pre-sale of Ethereum, and then I actually wanted to do it because uh, I was like in twenty fifteen, I think. But then yeah. it wasn't like how to get it wasn't available in the states, and I just kind of gave up. So no good for that. But th- at that time, it was like pennies, right? So whatever. <laughs> crazy though dude where it's at even ethereum classics going crazy right now it's just gone up like fuck i don't know seven thousand percent something crazy just went up like don't quote me on that number but it just went up like it was i mean it was eight dollars just like you know month two months ago i don't know very recently it was eight dollars it's fucking 98 dollars right now as we speak yeah i think it's interesting like the momentum stuff is interesting it's one of those things where it, like if you really ask why it's going up is like it's going up because it's going up there's like a hype cycle with these things where it's like you oh for sure it, it starts to go up and then people start talking about it and then like there'll be news coverage about it or you know it'll show up like on the top of charts where it's like like this coin just went up like a certain percentage and it's like oh i should get that because it went up a certain percentage um or it must be hot right now so it's, i don't know it kind of feeds on itself these Bro, things come on like, man doge has been hot for so like for the last six weeks I mean, it's been talked about for the last five months, but I'm talking about the last six weeks. It has just been. Fu- I mean, Doge is trending almost crazy. every day. Yeah, yeah Doge. Doge, I feel insane. like is a little different. Um, like, like obviously there's hype for it, and like before, <laughs> you know, there's all those memes where it was just like, like people just waiting for Elon's tweets, or like you know that that Simpsons thing where like there's a whole classroom sitting around like Elon as Bart, yeah. whatever. <laughs> it's like say it, say the word. <laughs> Um, and like it would spike whenever he talked about it and like, it was no, just, like, it's crazy. Yeah. It was really amusing. Um, and then there was that one day where I think Mark Cuban went on Ellen, um, and had all those like, you know, really, uh, nice things to say about Dogecoin as like a, use it as a currency essentially. And how it's like growing in popularity in that way. And you can, uh, it, it's one of, for Mark, I think it was one of the, um, most used currencies to actually purchase his stuff. Um, so I think that's why he he felt good about it. Um, and then like people were complaining because it's like, well, that didn't make the coin go up. It's like, guys, like the audience of Ellen isn't just gonna like go buy a whole bunch of Dogecoin. Yeah, I know it's a bunch of housewives in fucking the Midwest. You know what yeah. I mean? Like middle America. So I'm confused now. I'm like super confused. Hold on. Why is Doge Day 420? Someone said something. But what's the significance of 69 and, and Doge Day? I'm, I'm just curious. I'm like now I'm completely off. Oh, that's off just a cause... meme. It, like. Uh, Slim Jim uh, had some plans on 420, and I don't really know how the whole thing came about. But like 69, 420 are kind of like you know meme numbers. So well, of it's kind of like yeah, it was just kind of like a like let's make yeah because you said December 22nd, and I was like wait a second, hold on 12, 22. That's not 420. Like why do oh, people no, say that? That's that was birthday. a random data. Uh, the Deutsche Bank actually made. Well, like I, I made it on the sixth, and then we released on the eighth. But we didn't mine during that time. We we only started mining when I re- released the coin with everyone else. But the like Genesis block was created on the sixth, uh, December sixth. So that's Dogecoin's birthday. Okay, listen, you're a really humble guy, and it and it's great. It's great, right? I need you to be just straight up honest with me, right? Like, because <laughs> you're you're killing me right now. You're too soft spoken, man. I want you to be like, listen, fuck you, Ben. No, I'm joking. Um. How does it feel to be a global icon, right? That you like you've shifted the worldwide economy when people need it the most. Like, how does that feel? Like, I cannot take credit for that at all. Like, I, Fuck I you. don't. 
No, like <laughs> if you're in my position, like you you made kind of a thing for sillies essentially, like with no real intention, just because it's like, oh, the world needs this. But you still made time. it, dude. Yeah, but like in terms of like the coin value, right? Like I didn't move the coin value. I've never purchased Dogecoin like in my life. Uh, so I've never been involved in moving Dogecoin's value. The people who move it up are the ones who purchase it, right? So you still created it, Billy. Stop being <laughs> humble, fucker. <laughs> yeah, I just I don't have that feeling for it. It's just you know I what I see myself doing now is just tweeting silly stuff. Like that's that's my still, role. You, it, like, bro, you're I, still you're still fucking. Saint Joseph and Mary Magdalene combined. You, you fucking you birth Jesus, dog. Come on, man. Um, but you know what? You you did say what you say last night in the chat. You said you had like one hundred fifty thousand coins. For like yeah, had like yeah. You. People have been tipping me, um, and you know they obviously tipped more uh, when it was worth less. Um, but people still tip me. Um, I just have uh, my wallet is on my profile, and it's like you know it's moved me many times. Like I was in the middle of uh, moving the other day. Um, and someone uh, tipped me quite a bit and I just kind of lost it. Like I was like really sleep deprived and like, like I wouldn't say like stressed out, but like there's a lot of exciting stuff going on and I'm kind of balancing this with working and, and moving and all that stuff. And, uh, and yeah, I just kind of like sat and like, it was just like really moved that, uh, people would be so nice about this. Um, you know, well, that's no, awesome. No obligation to do anything like that. So. Listen, for all you guys, everyone listening to this episode right now, if you go to Billy's profile on Twitter, right? Obviously, I follow him. You'll see, uh, was it Billy M2K? Yeah. Yeah, go there. He has the the way you could deposit into his, his Doge wallet and you could do that. Man, why don't you tip him? You know, send him a coin too. Send him 400,000 coins. I don't know. Just show him some love. Um, so totally outside of crypto, not, got nothing to do with anything. What do you do for fun, bro? Uh. Well, right now I just tweet. That's like my. That's like, your fun. It's fun. It's so addicting. But like be- <laughs> before, before uh, I got this horrible, like actual legitimate addiction that I need to wean off of. Um, I, I play a lot of video games. Uh, okay, there you go. Yeah. What's like your favorite video game right now? Uh, the my favorite game that I played very recently is uh, Yakuza. And my favorite game before that was Hades. Um, I thought Hades was like one of the best uh, roguelikes. I was like super obsessed with that game. Um, and then mm, like what the fuck that is. Yeah, Hades is uh, uh, yeah. What are your games of choice? Are you like a do you like play sports games or? Oh yeah, I play like NBA 2K. I mean, I'm I'm actually in NBA 2K. You know, but um, I play NBA oh, 2K. I, I play Madden a little bit. Um, Dude, my NBA kids are addicted. To- oh, I was gonna say the NBA 2K. Um, when it started having the story mode, it was so funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's dope. I mean, bro, I've been in the game for two years now, two seasons, and uh, I'm going to be in the game next year for 2K22 as well. Oh, that's sick. So it's pretty I, big, I, I pretty really big deal. Play. Yeah, I didn't. I, I got mad because um, at some point I was playing all these games and like it didn't sync with the server, and so I didn't get my VC. And like I called support and they thought I was a liar. I'm like, dude, I haven't been getting VC for like so long. <laughs> so like I was like, whatever. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna buy 2K Sports anymore. I'm like mad at it. Um, and then, like, two months later, they're like, oh, we're sorry. And they gave me a bunch of VC. I'm like, it's too late. I don't want to play your dumb game anymore. But <laughs> I do have a lot of fun with it. Like, it's it's really addicting. And, like, I don't know. I just make this, like, ridiculously tall guy. Uh, and 
I don't know. Just uh, I try to make him Steph Curry, even though he's really tall and never really works. Because in that game, you want to have short arms and be really short, and you can shoot threes really well. But, right, right. My kids are super addicted to Roblox, so I play Roblox with them. You know, oh, um, I don't really get. I don't really get it so much. You know, because there's so many different crazy worlds. And one of my really good friends' son has the number one game in Roblox. Right. Oh, so, like, that's, cool. that's like, yeah, like Bloomfield's like he is like. I don't know. It's like there's millions of people playing it. Um, but uh, my wife. Her best friend and roommate, um, she was executive assistant to a guy who owned a huge gaming company. And um, I never cared, whatever. She'd always talk about it, like, oh, great, cool. I don't give a shit, whatever, cool. You know, and um, her brother, my wife's brother, my brother-in-law, he needed a job. So she's like, hey, you know, we're just starting the company out. You know, boom, we have a really big game. There wasn't even 100 employees yet. So my wife was like, oh, I can get you a job. You know, boom, that's her brother. So she gets him a job. Next thing I know, like we're walking around Disneyland and people are like, yo, where'd you get that shirt from? So he goes, oh, I work for the company. He goes, no way, that's crazy. Anyways, the company's called Riot Games and the game is League of Legends. Oh yeah, that's pretty big. Yeah, it's fucking huge. It was, you know, enormous. Now they have Valorant and it's just like my brother-in-law's been there. So like, I don't really play it like it's kind of like, you know, playing on Apple sucks. I mean, you know, it's more PC. Yeah. But um, like what other hobbies do you have, bro? Do you smoke weed? Do you drink? Do you... <laughs> no, I, I just do nerdy stuff. Like I'm pretty, you know homebody so when COVID happened I was just like eh. <laughs> like well I'll just watch TV and, and play games and everything's all good um, yeah Damn, I used, man is there a movie you saw this year that you loved um, I think a lot of TV series were good uh, I really like devs um, that series on uh, I think it was on FX um, that I watched on Hulu um, I usually like the series that are like you know dystopian future type things kind of like um, uh, Black Mirror and stuff like that Oh, Black Mirror is amazing. Wow, that show's fucking amazing. Um, so listen, speaking of shows, are you gonna watch SNL this weekend? Yes. Like to me, like if there's anything mentioned about Dogecoin, which I assume there'd be something, I don't know exactly what, but um it's just like I grew up watching SNL when, you know, Dana Carvey and Mike Myers were on it, like Really long time ago. Adam Sandler. Yeah, I mean, yeah, sure Adam it's... Sandler and uh, you know, Chris Farley and all those guys. So, like, that was a, always an event uh, for my family. We'd, we'd watch it. And, you know, that was also staying up late, like, staying up really late uh, for us. And we were allowed to stay up late just for SNL because my parents liked it. So, like, the, the idea that, like, something I made would be on SNL is like, I don't know, th- this is really cool. Well, dude, congratulations, and he's 100% going to talk about Doge on the fucking show, and that's fucking dope. Um, every single guest who comes on this show gets asked this last question. It's the final question of the interview, and the last question I ask every person on the show is, is there anything you want to ask me? Um, <laughs> uh, I guess, like, what is your general feeling uh, about Dogecoin and kind of the movement that you see? Like what, when people say it's like the people's currency or whatever, what's kind of your, your take on what is going on in culture and where Dogecoin fits in? So, you know, I've been dabbling in crypto for, you know, whatever, eight years or so mm-hmm. and longer than that maybe. And, and, you know, it's just something I kind of got in and out of. I and mean, I kind of feel like, look, man, you know, Biden has pumped $1.9 trillion into the economy. Our dollar is shit. 
you know, it's kind of like, all right, well, fuck, it's time to really start fucking with the decentralized, you know, markets. And like, you know, when I saw the GameStop thing happen, AMC, all that stuff, I was kind of like, yo, I was rooting for them. Even though people are like, well, fuck you, you're a rich guy. Like, hey, bro, like, you have to understand where I came from, where my beginnings are, you know, they're as humble as they can get. So um, long story short, one of my really good friends, Rich, he's a producer named Rich Skills, and he's just been a friend of mine forever. We've been friends for 25 years or so. He had a Shiba Inu and nobody had that dog in 1999. Oh, yeah. And he yeah. had one. And, you know, this was, you know, it's 22 years ago. He had this dog and I loved it. It's so small. It was a cute dog. It was a rare dog. You know, he got it at this boutique and it was crazy and it had some issues, but, you know, his name was Skills. And so it just took me back. Like, you know, a lot of people didn't, you never really see, I mean, really, I'm being honest with you. If you saw three in like a five year span, it was a big deal. Like, I never saw, you know, I saw a few. And um, I love skills, you know, the dog, Shiba Inu. So that was like one thing, boom. And then it was just something weird. And I think, and again, I didn't really have a, a, you know, I'm not like a huge Elon fan, but it was like something cool to get into. So Doge to me now, it, it means community to me. You know, like being part of this Dogecoin army. And it's like, bro, I'm, I'm 48 years old. You know, I'm almost 50, you know, and I'm, I'm middle-aged. Yes, I'm a successful entrepreneur. You know, I have a big podcast. I have a massive platform, you know, from Instagram, Twitter to my, my podcast. But I felt like this was something dope to get behind. And the energy, the vibes, everything was positive. There was like, no, there was no red lights anywhere. You know, when people are like, yo, what are you doing? You're fucking stupid. It's going to go to zero. And just, I was like, bro, why are you hating? Like, what the fuck is your problem? Like, it's all good. You know, like I had $2,500 into it. You know what I mean? I had 833,000 coins. I thought it was cool. And it started going up. And then, you know, when it hit, you know, on, on Doge Day, it, it hit whatever. And, and at one point it got to like 48 cents. And then, you know, it, it tanked down to like 25. I was like, oh, fuck, I need to start buying. And so at 24, I bought it the dip. And then it, it, it got to 14. And like right at 16, I was trying to buy. And then it went to 19. And it was like, I got capped out. My bank wouldn't let me buy anymore. And people are like, yo, you're stupid. Why are you telling people? I was like, first of all, I've told people many times, Listen, I'm not a financial advisor. And at the same time, what works for me may not work for you. At the end of the day, as long as I get $2,500 out of this, I'm good. Because that's my initial investment. I'm having fun. The community is behind me. It's funny to see the memes. I'm just laughing, having a good time. I'm literally enjoying. There's this, like, it makes me feel good seeing the people behind this so, so strong. And now it's just getting out of control. And, like, to see CNBC and Newsweek mention my name and saying, oh, you know, I'm baller entrepreneur, Jula to the stars is pushing the coin too, boom. And, like, you know, seeing these celebrities behind it, it's cool. So I just think, you know, all right. And then it starts going back up. And I'm telling people, listen, man. Diamond hands, you know, hodl, it's it's going back up and it has. And so like, you know, I'm kind of at a loss right now. I don't know when, like, when, what do I do? When do I get out? I, I, you know, if I had that answer, you know, I would say it on the podcast. I just don't know when. So the only thing I can say now is I kind of had a snobbish attitude with social media, you know, not because I felt like, oh, I was one of the first accounts verified. Oh, I was this, this. It's just more so I don't really follow a lot of people. You know, I don't really meet people on the internet. And that's like a thing, you know, it's a common thing. But like, it started with Dogecoin Rise. Don't know why, but I guess maybe because I tweeted about it, boom. He was only following like 20 accounts. That's very little. And he was gaining a massive uh, uh, following. And, and, you know, he started following me. So I was like, ah, oh, you know, I'll follow this guy back. Boom. Then I started following another Doge account. Then I started following. I was like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm going all in. Let me follow Billy too. And let me follow this person. And I was like, yo, you know, the support behind the community is, is really amazing. You know, I, I've seen the haters too, but overall, it's put a smile on my face. This, this cryptocurrency coin that you've created 
has put a smile on my face and I don't need any new friends in my life, right? I have a great family, I have a wife, three kids, but like it's just brought a different positive vibration throughout my lifestyle, in my life, on daily life. I wake up, I see shit, I, I have the alerts, I see it. And it's like, I talk about it now with my best friends, we talk about it you know, with my mom. And it's crazy, it's actually brought a lot of us together even more closer than I already was with some of these people over the coin. You know, so, you know, we just wanted to keep going and, and uh, that's what Doge means to me, bro. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I resonate with that in, in a lot of different ways. Um, one of the things different from nowadays, I feel like, than previously is um, previously, like, when when I was first working on Dogecoin, I felt like very, very lonely. Um, when things would go bad, it would just like come at me and I would just get a lot of hate and, you know, emails and death threats and stupid stuff. And like, I just felt scared and lonely, like by myself. And uh, now, like, obviously I'm not on the project, but just in general, I feel like people have each other's back in the community. And um, I remember like the first few times I got defended from somebody who was just being a jerk to me for no apparent reason. And people were like, yo, lay off him. Like he, he doesn't work on, he doesn't owe you anything. And I was just like, what? <laughs> like people are actually defending me on the internet. Like it, it felt it was really <laughs> meaningful for me. Um, and I just feel like the, the community itself is kind of like protective of each other in that way. Um, kind of, you know, kind of like a dog, right? Like they protective of their, their own. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. So like that feeling has made me feel much more loose on the internet than, uh, I felt, uh, you know, seven years ago and like able to have fun with it and able to be more myself and be silly rather than, you know, have to be more, I don't know, more less like me, I guess. Like just right. allows me to just have more fun with it, and uh, I think that's because of just the vibe of the community has been really positive. Um, no, and amazing, even like bro. we were talking about when it went down uh, from what forty something to twenty five, and then even fourteen, like people yeah. didn't like go insane. Like before, uh, in the previous time frame, they would just like come right at me and everybody, like. What are you gonna do to make it better? And like people didn't do that. They just kind of were like, "Oh, this is a roller coaster, whatever." Like, uh, and you know, some would do that, but like most were just like, "Chill out, whatever." It's it's been really nice, um, and uh, you know, I hope that continues. That that uh, attitude and sense of community continues. I think it will, you know. And I've posted people to, "Hey, man, just chill the fuck out. It's gonna go back <laughs> up. Um, trust me." And you know, unfortunately, it did. You know, and uh, Billy, I know I don't know you personally. But look, dude, I'm not the most approachable person, you know. I mean, I'm, I'm, I don't. People see me on the street, they're like, "Yo, this guy's fucking crazy, right?" I'm bald headed, covered in tattoos. I'm fucking six feet, two hundred pounds, you know. I got your back, Billy. Anyone fucks with you, let me know. The BTB army and and and, and your big bro <laughs> Ben will fuck them up. But uh, I, I really do want to say, a I'm I'm a little dude. I'm like five six. <laughs> anyone oh, anyone look, get in my back? I'm like, oh, thank you. I got your back. And uh, I want to say again, seriously, like for real, thank you so much for coming on the show. It means a lot to me. And uh, look, dude, continued success. And I hope we stay in touch. You know, obviously we follow each other and everything. And, and um, dude, again, thank you so much again. I really appreciate it, man. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for everything. And uh, I had a lot of fun. <laughs> All right, man. Yo, Miles, man, let's get some music real quick. Let me get that Lakey Lake. 
and let's take a break. We'll be right back, y'all. Yo, yo, um, I hope you guys like that interview. You know, uh, uh, Billy's a, just a really soft-spoken, chill guy. You could tell he doesn't want to hurt nobody. He doesn't, you heard him. He's like, just chill back, watch movies, watch TV shows, play video games, just chilling. You know, like he doesn't want a whole lot out of life, you know what I'm saying? And, and then dude's a fucking legend, okay? Remember, guys, this is a family, okay? Not just BTB, but now Dogecoin Army, Okay? Understand this, we can both coexist and we can all flourish together, right? And uh, by the way, you know Doge is going crazy as fuck and it's gotten big as hell when Kid Cudi calls me and he's like, yo, 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 what's up, man, what's up? And I'm thinking, he's hit me about his fucking, his watch. And he's like, yo, what's up with Dogecoin? What's this dog, what's up with this dog, dog, Doge, do- Doge, dog, Dodge dog. <laughs> like, bro, man, come on. Cud, all your homies, your manager has invested in it. Like, you know, what the fuck are you talking about? And he's like, all right, fuck it, dog. Can I get it on Coinbase? And I'm like, fuck, man. No, you can't get it on Coinbase. Fuck, Coinbase, what the fuck are you guys doing? You guys are like literally, you guys are missing out. Like, it's crazy. You know, like all the other big exchanges have it. Like, what the fuck is your problem? But fuck them. Um, you know, you guys are losing customers because, you know, people are downloading other apps. Um, anyways, Cuddy's from Cleveland, so I was just thinking about I just got sidetracked for a second. But yeah, no, uh, Cuddy's gonna, he's down for the Doge fam and all that stuff. But yeah, just think about Cleveland. Look, man, now about another legend from Cleveland. Um, LeBron James, Los Angeles Lakers. We're not playing that good, man. All right. And LeBron has injured his ankle and now he's out for two games. And we got fucking what? Less than 10 games. I mean, fuck. Nine games left until the fucking to the playoffs, right? I honestly don't know about this postseason run, right? I was like Lakers in five, like a motherfucker. I don't know. Shit is looking real sus, but I just gotta wait and see what happens. Okay, now rewind. Yes, I called LeBron a legend. Okay, all this positive Doge energy has got me feeling good. Look, man, fuck it. All right, but Lakers shit is is kind of bummed me out, um, Dodger shit has bummed me the fuck out, like, damn, take the L and fucking, sh- I, I know, you know, low-key, I think Jock is kind of hyped, because, you know what I'm saying, Dodgers want to give him what he wanted, but, you know, like, fuck, man, taking these L's in Chicago, like, come on, bro, like, we're the reigning fucking champs, anyways, guys, look it, very excited to tell you guys that my truff, you already know it's my favorite fucking hot sauce, right, yes, my truff BB Gold Bottle Edition Black Truffle Hot Sauce. It drops next Friday, all right? Not this Friday, not tomorrow, but next Friday, the 14th, and is only available on the network app. And then less than a week after that, yep, my Kingsford Gold Barbecue Grill drops. So these go hand in hand. Use that truff sauce on the barbecue that you, you know what I'm saying, cook on the Ben Baller Gold Grill. But the fucking packaging for this truff is already so lit. You know truff is a fucking, you know, this is like the elite 
hot sauce. This shit is like in the fucking Four Seasons and the Ritz, the Peninsula, the Manor Oriental. This is the top tier hot sauce on earth right now. And your boy Ben Baller got the first collaboration with Truff. They have not collaborated with nobody else. They didn't collaborate with Gordon Ramsay. They didn't even fucking collaborate with fucking Guy Fieri. All right? They collaborated with the Korean John Cusack. All right? Make sure you get that hot sauce. Yo, I don't know the exact prices. I think it's $25. I don't know what it is, but that shit is lit. Put that motherfucker on some eggs. Put it on some pizza. Put it on your burger. Put that shit on your chest and rub that motherfucker in like Vicks Vapor Rub. All right, guys. Listen, tomorrow's a big day. My Project 70 Hideo Matsui, a.k.a. Godzilla card, drops tomorrow morning. All right? Godzilla, I don't fuck with the Yankees, but Godzilla was a beast, literally, right? Um, this card is very special. I'm going to leak the artwork today. All right, so make sure you look out for that. Okay, this is the first time anyone in Project 2020 or Project 70 has incorporated Japanese anime into a card. This card is so fucking fire, I can't even tell you. And I got the assist from a Seattle artist named Zoe Winters. Beautiful girl, such a fucking sweetheart, okay? Zoe did the illustration of the Japanese animation. I did the art direction and the design, and honestly, this card is fucking sick. This is for sure my best baseball card that I've put out. I know a lot of you guys like that Jackie Robinson, but this card is literally just insane, all right? I can't wait for you guys to see it. Make sure you buy my Godzilla card, okay? Do you wanna know why? I am going to be giving away this time as a drawing prize, okay, as, my, as the fucking grand prize. One lucky winner who buys my Godzilla card will get a chance to win a gold diamond Ethereum chain. Yes, it is a fucking sick chain, by the way, okay? And you will have a chance. All you got to do is buy one fucking card, all right? You buy 10, you get 10 entries. The more cards you buy, the more entries you get. All right, so I hope that fucking works for you guys. Listen, man, that is all the time we have for today. Um, I am headed up the Pacific Coast with the Yang Gang in the RV, and we're about to get our glamp on. All right, we, it's, been, it's been like three, four weeks, man. We need to get that glamping time in, okay, guys? So listen, I love you all so much. See you all back here for the weekend wrap-up. Remember to subscribe if you haven't. Remember to tell a friend to tell a friend about Behind the Baller, all right? This show has grown so much and we are now a top 10 business show in America. But globally, we are still ranked in the top 40. Yo, we are fucking crushing this shit. Thank you all, all because of you guys, the BTB Army, and of course, to Mr. Jordan Winter and Miles Davis, aka the Dust Brothers. Yo, Mr. Lakey Inspired, how are you doing, sir? Please put your fingers on that magic keyboard and take us out of here, fam. All right, y'all. Peace. Peace.